Likewise, let's remember after after the meal, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. And so as we celebrate a victory won, let's remember again the price. Let's remember again the totality of the victory and the proclaiming of the Lord's death until he comes. If you have the cup with you, if you'd like to take and drink in your own time. Lord, we, um, well, we celebrate today, and today is a day of great rejoicing. Um, we, um, it's right for us to remember the, the price of the victory. Lord, whenever a battle takes place and a victory is won, there's always a cost. And uh, it is right to remember that. And so we remember the, the price that was paid. We remember uh, the Lord Jesus in his death. But we celebrate his resurrection and all that that means. Father, thank you for the bread and for the juice, which remind us of this incredible truth. And yet again, Father, we ask that these would not just be reminders, but would be realities in how we think, in how we um, um, relate to each other, how we treat one another, how we live and how we love. And we ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Dave, I'm going to ask you to unmute again. Yeah, I have. I'm going to put the words up. Okay. Thank you. Let's, um, if everyone else, including myself, uh, can uh, can mute so that we can hear Dave sing. Jesus shall take. Jesus shall take the highest honor. Jesus shall take the highest praise. Let all earth join heaven in exalting. The name which is above all other names. Let's bow the knee in humble adoration. For at his name every knee must bow. Let every tongue confess he is Christ God's only Son. Sovereign Lord, we give you glory now for all honor and blessing and power belong to you, belong to you, all honor and blessing and power belong to you. Belong to you, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living.
Jesus shall take. Jesus shall take the highest honor. Jesus shall take the highest praise. Let all earth join heaven in exalting. The name which is above all other names. Let's bow the knee in humble adoration. For at his name every knee must bow. Let every tongue confess he is Christ God's only Son. Sovereign Lord, we give you glory now for all honor and blessing and power belong to you, belong to you, all honor and blessing and power belong to you, belong to you, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God. For all honor and blessing and power belong to you, belong to you. All honor and blessing and power belong to you, belong to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Son of the living God. Thank you very much, Dave. Right, I am uh, probably handing over to Christy right now, although I know that more you're doing the reading, so perhaps it's more I'm handing over to first. Our readings from uh, St. John's Gospel, chapter 20, verses 11 to 18. John's Gospel, chapter 20, verses 11 to 18. Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and one at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you weeping? They had, they have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned round and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it that you are looking for? Thinking he was a gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell, him where you, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. 
Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Thank you, Maud. That's been uh, really good to hear that passage again and be familiarised with it again. I've got a question for you, and you can talk to the people that you're with, if you're with somebody, or if you're on your own, you can just think about it. How do you feel this morning? If you were to describe, maybe in one word or a couple of words, how you feel this morning, what would you say to the persons around you or what would you think to yourself? Well, I think some of the things that are likely to have occurred as part of that um, way of expressing how you feel this morning might have been disorientation. I wonder if there are plenty of us who feel fairly disoriented about what is going on in our lives. And sometimes even expressing how we feel can be very disorientating. Not quite sure. How do I answer that question? Some people might say sadness. Sadness that is explainable through loss or difficulty or fear, or sometimes even not easily explainable. Some people, I know some have had their second vaccine shot yesterday and they are full of gratitude for that, full of gratitude for God's faithfulness over a very difficult year. Here we are, our second Easter in slightly unusual circumstances. And it could be some optimists in this virtual room or those who will be listening later who would say, I have a sense of anticipation. So just looked at the news and I'd seen a picture of Wembley Stadium and, and the stairs that are going up talking about COVID passports, very controversial. And I'm sure there's going to be loads of talk about that. But I guess there are many sports fans, many families, many people who are looking forward to something that they've been missing in this time. This morning, I want us to look at some of the emotions of Easter that we see in the characters of Easter. And in the reading, we read about Mary who stood outside the tomb crying. And that's the first Easter emotion that we see in the story depicted by John, crying. Mary stood outside the tomb crying. Crying is a physical manifestation of emotional pain. I always think of crying as some sort of a pressure valve that just releases something to ease some of the grief and emotional pain that is on the inside expressed physically through the tears and through the sobs and through the sounds. 
that are being released. For Mary, this was a sad, painful time. She lost her savior. If you knew Mary, and if you knew where she'd come from, if you knew her backstory, for her, Jesus was her savior, truly. She was a woman who was demon-possessed before she met Jesus, and he delivered her. He saved her life. And Mary, probably like all the other disciples, was blindsided by this sudden turn of events and the speed at which they developed. One day, he came triumphantly into Jerusalem. And days later, he was buried in the tomb. Mary would have been filled with grief by the brutality of the execution. She would have been shocked by the unfairness of the accusations. She knew Jesus. She knew who he was, not just for her, but for so many other people that she had seen him touch their lives and change them forever, for better. She was lonely and feeling lost. She was confused about the present and she was fearful about the future. And the last straw, as she went to the tomb to fulfill some of the traditional duties, his body was stolen. This was the final straw. And this is why John is saying, Mary stood outside the tomb crying. I love how somebody describes grief. Grief, I've learned, is just love, really. It's the love that you want to give, but you cannot. All that unspent love gathers up in the corners of your eyes, the lump in your throat, and that hollow part of your chest. Grief is just love with no place to go. And that would have been Mary's experience as she sat outside the tomb crying. I don't know how you feel this morning, but maybe for most of us, there's a level of identifying ourselves with Mary. Of course, there are different contexts, but maybe similar feelings. We're confused at best, filled with despair at worst. I sometimes wonder when we gather physically or even when we gather virtually, if people could really see what's inside of our hearts and heads and if our emotions could be laid bare. I wonder how ugly and uncomfortable it would be. Maybe you have fresh tears. Maybe you have just wept in the past few days. Or maybe the well of tears has dried up. It's scary how good an actor or actress we can become. And maybe even being here this morning, it's kind of this keeping up appearances exercise or just desperation. You may be wondering, what hope is there? What does Easter Sunday hold for me? What does the resurrection of Jesus mean? Look at what Jesus does with Mary. She didn't recognize him. But in verse 16, he says, Jesus said to her, 
Mary. She turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabuni, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me for I have not yet ascended to the father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news saying, I have seen the Lord. If you may be wondering, what is there for me at Easter? Look at what Jesus did for Mary. His presence with her simply says, I see you. I see you. He sees the tears. He sees the fears. He sees everything. And it's the same with me and you. Jesus on this resurrection Easter Sunday morning would say to me and you, I see you, just like I've seen Mary. And as Jesus speaks to her, Jesus' voice reminds her of who he is because she recognizing him, recognizes him by her voice, his voice. And she says, Rabuni, teacher. I think Jesus' voice is speaking to us. The resurrected Jesus is speaking to us. And as he's speaking to us, his voice should remind us, just as he reminded her, that he keeps his word, he's faithful, and that he's powerful. He can overcome even death, the ultimate enemy. And he says just one word initially. He simply speaks her name. But by speaking her name with his voice, I think Jesus reminds her of a new identity in him. So many of us are fighting the voices of failure from the past that keep haunting us. But the resurrected Jesus would speak to Mary who had a past and would remind her with a kindness in his voice of the rescue that he brought to her. And he probably reminds her and says to her, you are rescued and you are empowered to live a different life. And then he calls her to go and serve him. Mary was weeping and Jesus spoke to her in her weeping. It's such a powerful way to see Jesus engage with Mary. But there's another emotional display here. When she realizes it's Jesus, she grabs hold of him. John doesn't tell us, but he recalls the words of Jesus in verse 17, where Jesus is saying to her, don't hold on to me, for I've not yet ascended to the Father. Go and tell my brothers. Go and tell them the good news. This is a very awkward but instinctive reaction from Mary. This is something that you would have seen in situations where a child is unaware and is about to step onto the road and then somebody goes and rescues them. And a parent's initial gesture, instinctive gesture, is to grab hold of them and hold them really tight. 
It's probably because the parent realizes the potential of loss that was there. Mary is grabbing hold of Jesus, almost to say, I will never let you go. Almost like a protective gesture. It, it was probably a sign of appropriate affection to which she was saying, I don't ever want to lose you again. You're my savior. You changed my life. And she probably gets hold of him almost to make herself assured that he truly is alive and it's not just a figment of her imagination and probably there's more to it it was probably this raw act of worship of somebody who has been saved who worships her savior and there's an element in which that worship was potentially selfish she just wanted to keep jesus for herself and Jesus right away brings some beautiful theology, if you want, in the context of worship. And he's saying, yes, I love the fact that you want to worship me. But the greatest way you can worship me is by being a messenger of what you've seen and what you've heard. And Jesus calls her to mission. And mission is always and will always be an overflow of worship. Because Mary gets to hold on to Jesus in this emotional reaction, she also gets to go and tell others about what she's seen and heard. Let me remind you today that the Easter people, and we are the Easter people, the Easter people are adoring worshipers. That's the normal state. That's the normal emotional reaction. We are adoring worshippers, but also Easter people are infectious in a positive way, infectious missionaries. There are people who can't help, but as an act of overflow of worship, tell other people about this beautiful Jesus that they love so much. Two reactions, one crying, one holding on to Jesus. And yet we see this beautiful Jesus who meets with Mary and transforms the state of our emotions. And from somebody who was downhearted and disappointed and fearful and deeply upset, she becomes this exuberant ambassador of hope, telling the disciples the good news. What a wonderful, wonderful change. I'm reminded of a story that Max Lucado tells in his book, Six Hours on Friday, of a missionary who was working in Brazil, who was working with a very remote tribe of indigenous people. They lived near a large river and the tribe was in need of medical attention. A contagious disease was ravaging the population and people were dying daily. A makeshift hospital was fairly close across the river, but the tribespeople would not cross the river because of a fear that the river was filled by evil spirits and to enter the water would mean certain death. The missionary kept trying to explain to them as logically as they could that he had crossed the river and he was unharmed and they could do the same and they would be fine, but they just couldn't believe him. 
they still wouldn't go in. In the end, he ended up walking into the water, ankles, knees, waist, he splashed his face. It didn't matter. They were still standing on the shore, absolutely adamant. They were not going to talk, touch the water. Finally, he just dove into the river, swam beneath the surface until he emerged on the other side. And as he emerged on the other side, he punched his fist triumphantly in the air. He had entered the water and escaped. And it was then the tribespeople erupted in a chair and started slowly following him across. That is the picture of the resurrection. Our Lord Jesus entered into the ultimate battle with sin and death, fought Satan, defeated sin, Satan and death, and has the ultimate victory so that me and you could follow him into that ultimate victory. And my encouragement to you this Sunday Easter morning is for you to do what those people did, to follow Jesus to where he's leading us, into freedom, into forgiveness, into a new life. And the most amazing decision you can make on this Easter Sunday is to worship Jesus, whether you're starting that walk as a Christian and you're saying, this morning, I want to commit my life to this risen Christ. I want to pray a prayer through which I am saying, I want to follow Jesus. Or maybe if you've already done that, you can say, this is a time for a new start. I'm putting my apathy, I'm putting my disinterest, I'm putting my half-heartedness behind, and I'm jumping right into the life that God has for me with this resurrection power ready to be given to me. Let's pray together, and then Dave's going to lead us into a song. If you've never had the opportunity to make that incredible, life-changing decision to follow Jesus. I want to pray a prayer, and in your own heart, you can pray the same prayer today. And it could be the first time. Trust me, it's the best decision you can make in your life. And particularly on a day like this, it's going to be so much more meaningful. This is the prayer. Lord Jesus, I thank you that when you died on the cross, you died for my sins. I recognize that I have sin in my life and I can't deal with it. I can't make it go away. I can't bring forgiveness. I can't deal with the shame. I need help. And I thank you that when you died on the cross, you died in my place. You took my place and paid for all that sin. I am receiving your gift of forgiveness. And I want you to be my savior. But not just that. I also want you to be my king. I want to live my life for you. And in your power, as you come to live in me with your power, I want to be that new person that you came and died to make me. So Jesus, I am surrendering my life to you today. And I am saying, will you be my savior? Will you be my king? 
I want to be yours. And for those who maybe, like me, have made that decision a while ago, let's pray for a fresh start today. Jesus, as I'm looking at your incredible love and your amazing grace, as I see the beauty of your resurrection, I long to have the fullness of life that you came to bring. I don't want to be just a part-time follower of yours. I don't want just to try to make room for you when I feel like it. I want to be wholly yours with you as my king, with you in charge of the decisions in my life, with you the center of affections in my life, with you being my all in all, my everything. Help me from this day on to have a fresh start with you as your disciple. Amen. Okay, let's sing our last song together. There is power in his name. There is power in his name. For the stone was rolled away, mountains bow down before Jesus Christ, our risen Lord. Jesus Christ, our risen Lord. Mighty Savior, lifted high, King forever, Jesus Christ. Crowned in glory, raised to life, the same power lives in us. We will rise, stand and sing of our great and matchless King. Seated high on the throne, you shall reign forevermore. You shall reign forevermore. Mighty Savior, lifted high, King forever, Jesus Christ. Crowned in glory, raised to life, the same power lives in us. Mighty Savior, lifted high, King forever, Jesus Christ. Crowned in glory, raised to life.
same power lives in us. The grave could not contain the power of his name. Death you overcame once and for all. The grave could not contain the power of his name. Death you overcame once and for all. Mighty Savior lifted high. King forever, Jesus Christ, crowned in glory, raised to life, the same power lives in us, mighty Savior, lifted high, King forever, Jesus Christ, crowned in glory, raised to life, the same power lives in us. Lovely. Well, thank you very much, um, Dave, for leading us and for the work you've put in preparation as well. And, uh, thank you, for Christy, for sharing. Um, it's been a, a delight to, uh, to spend this morning together, although virtually. And uh, as we close, I'm going to pray. And uh, we'll go into our week, into uh, the rest of our day, uh, knowing that our Saviour lives. And what a... What a truth to, to head into uh, whatever lies in store for us. But let me pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much that we can call you Father in heaven. Lord, we, we are so grateful and so thankful for all that you've done for us and all you continue to do uh, in and through us. Father, we, um, we just love one another. We love and been part of your family. We love being part of your church. We love you and we're so thankful for what you've done. And Father, we pray that as we step into the rest of our day, uh, Lord, that we would uh, live in the light of, uh, of what we celebrated this morning. Father, we, um, we just entrust ourselves into your hands and we pray that uh, together, Lord, we would uh, live in the light of what you've done. In Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. Amen.